If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ugly times, ugly, ugly times, and who better to talk to about them then the great P.J. O'Rourke, who is the author of many fine books through the years, including one uh, that I read in my formative years. This is praise that makes a guy feel old. Uh, Parliament of Horrors, which is a great eye-opener about the nature of government. P.J.'s new book is None of My Business. Uh, P.J. explains money, banking, debt, equity, assets, liabilities, and why he's not rich and neither are you. Here he is, P.J. O'Rourke. P.J., how are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Terrific. Thank you. I, I love the description of your career as you were filing stories for Rolling Stone, Atlantic Monthly, Weekly Standard from uh, uh, countries and not the nice ones. Uh, my job was basically to watch people try to kill each other. Sounds like rewarding work. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, instructive work at the very least. And uh, it's how I learned economics. I mean, some people uh, study it in college. Some people learn in the school of hard knocks. Some people read it up on their own. Uh, I watch people kill each other always for economic reasons. Interesting. What did you learn from that experience, which would probably well, take a book? Well, always ask in any situation, in, including some of the ugly political ones you were just talking about, who profits from this? Who profits from this? And then always remember that the profit isn't necessarily calculated in money, I mean, like it is for us normal people. Sometimes it's calculated in power. Sometimes it's calculated in fame. And even the good good people, the peacemakers and the aid workers, they're piling up treasure in heaven, aren't they? Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's interesting. So do you think our culture, whether, uh, you know, individuals in the country or our politics are uh, even more focused on that than they were back when you started writing about it? More, oh, <laughs> no. Uh, they've been debased in pretty much every way. Uh, the, yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, the, the, the wonders of the Internet have really lowered the tone. I mean, it's, uh, I look at this and I go, well, whose bright idea was it to put every idiot in the world in touch with every other idiot? <laughs> yeah. It's working. 
Yeah, I, I thought the, the description you credit to your daughter in the book of uh, the internet and social media was priceless. Do you uh, do you have that in front of you? You recall? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm asking my millennial daughter when she's still in high school. She's like 20 now and in college, but she's still in high school. I'm saying, honey, explain all this to me. Expecting some sort of defense of of, of the internet. Uh, uh, and she said, Dad, it's horrible. You don't understand how horrible social media is. It's like having a sleepover where everybody you know, whether you like them or not, comes to the sleepover and they won't go home. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, and, and uh, the, uh, it's like the school debate team, except everybody from everywhere is on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sure are, yeah. And and the dumbest kid is president. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, do you man. think the democracy can 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 withstand this? I mean, will we get better? Will the next generation be good at weeding out uh, stuff that actually is fake news, crap stories, and weed out the idiots? And or or, or won't we? Oh no, I think we will. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'll live to see it. You know, but in in all due time, I mean, when 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 print, when movable print was invented, and we got our first books. Uh, it set off the Thirty Years' War, you know, between uh, 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 Bible-reading Protestants and, 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 and priest-loving Catholics, and all of Europe was torn to bits, which is worse than what's happening to us now, I think. And, uh, <laughs> uh, but eventually people began to sort out, you know, what in print made some sense and what in print did not make some sense. Um, but, I mean, we just barely recovered from our addiction to television when along came the Internet. Right. You know, that's both uh, reassuring and horrifying. I mean, reassuring that we'll sort it out and horrifying that we're going to have to go through a really ugly period, which we're doing, apparently, uh, before we yes, get there. Yes, I'd say so. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I just consider staring into those screens to be looking uh, at the light coming out the devil's behind. Wow. Wow, that's a phrase worth memorizing. Uh, P.J. O'Rourke is on the line. The new book is None of My Business, about money, banking, debt, etc. Hey, uh, listen, and we've talked a lot about money, banking, debt, the real estate crash, the uh, robber barons of Wall Street, etc. Not to come off as, you know, Robin Hood, but um, what's your view 10 years uh, down the line of, of all that ugliness back in 07, 08, 09? Well, you know, we, we should have let the darn thing just crash. You know, I mean, when, when, when the Hindenburg catches fire, you don't stand around pumping hydrogen into it. You know, you get out of the way. It would have been unpleasant, but it would have been brief. And one nice thing, actually, about the 2008 crash was at least there were real assets were involved. Now, the houses may have been wildly overvalued. The loans may have been worthless. But there was a house. When the when the this internet thing crashes, what will there be? I mean, if if Amazon crashed today, what what would what, what would there be left? You know, the, a list of phone numbers for UPS men. <laughs> well, and a lot of inventory, I guess. But uh, but the well, whole maybe you know. But I mean, the, the real trick to Bezos' real trick is not to keep any inventory. Uh, I mean, that is to right. move so fast that it's not really. It's not like Sears and Roebuck that had warehouses and warehouses full of this stuff. It goes pretty much from the people who make this, who are somewhere overseas, you know, to um, the U- UPS man flirting with my wife. <laughs> uh, the subtitle of your book is Why You're Not Rich and Neither Am I. Uh, the, uh, why aren't you rich? <laughs> well, stupidity and sloth would be... <laughs> <laughs> wow, we could hang out. <laughs> things aside, it's just incredible. If we count riches in a very modest way, 
and say what we really all want is to have the nice middle-class life that, say, I grew up with in the 1950s and the 1960s when my old man made $12,000 a year. And when you look at what it costs to replicate that uh, four-bedroom, two-bath, two-car, a week at the lake, uh, good schools, safe neighborhoods, when you look at what it costs in inflation-adjusted dollars for, uh, uh, to, to replicate that life today, you've got to be rich. And all the more so if you insist on having double that life, that is to say you get divorced and so you've got two families that you're trying to provide this lifestyle for, uh, the cost is phenomenal, way beyond the means of most of us. Yeah, P.J. O'Rourke uh, is on the line. The new book is is none of my business. Uh, at the same time, though, you know, I, I grew up in a, a house that's quite a bit smaller than the one I live in now and, and are typical in a lot of neighborhoods, and we seem to be quite happy, and I think we, we had one car for most of my youth and then finally two, and one was a pile of crap, but... Uh, I just think, well, and, you know, while it's simultaneously true that the rich have a higher percentage of income than they've had in many, many moons, um, at the same time, the poor are much more wealthy than the poor have been in human history. Oh, that's the truth. I mean, objectively considered, American poverty uh, is laughable by world historical standards. And not only that, but the poverty level, the official government poverty level, is equal to the median middle-class income in, 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 if you adjust it for inflation in the 1920s. Wow. Just wow. in the 1920s, you were middle-class if you were at what's now the poverty level. But it's all perception. People don't, uh, people don't mind perceiving that the, that the economic system is difficult, but they do mind when they feel that it's grossly unfair. And when you sort of, when you look at the Zuckerberg billions, the, it, it, it's very hard to keep. You know that the Zuckerberg's billions don't affect your economy. I mean, he's not taking it from you, and and yet there is this feeling, an angry feeling. You realize he's the Antichrist, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you can tell by the way he dresses. Come on. Like, <laughs> Throw on a collar, idiot. Buy a necktie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? P.J. O'Rourke, I've been reading his books for years, as has Jack. Uh, guarantee you'll enjoy it. You'll probably learn something accidentally. The book is none of my business. P.J. explains money, banking, debt, equity, assets, liabilities, and why he's not rich and neither are you. Hey, it's great to talk. I hope we can do it again soon. Good luck with the book. Hey, well, thank you. All right. It's been a pleasure. Got two LOLs out of me, I'll tell you. Yeah. The, the reason he's not rich <laughs> Stupidity and sloth. That's a good one. <laughs> and the internet being, whose idea was it to connect all the dumb people together? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Parliament of Horrors, which was my favorite P.J. O'Rourke book and was number one on the New York Best Times bestseller list for a long time. It's still worth reading. The names have changed. Some of the names have changed, except in the Senate. Um, <laughs> but it, it reminds me, it's, it's a much funnier version of... Um, uh, Rules for Dictators. Uh, oh, the Dictator's Handbook, which is a book I've been talking about for for a long time now. Um, and and this town by Mark Leibovich. It kind of th- those are like my troika of oh, that's what politics is. Okay, and absolutely worth reading. You know, several people, including Jonah Goldberg in his uh, recent book, have made that uh, reference to the Thirty Years' War that 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 occurred right after the printing press. 
just all of a sudden this dissemination of information, but we weren't people weren't equipped to handle it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, I can't believe this is happening. Well, it's not happening. Just because it's printed on paper doesn't mean it's happening. Well, now just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's happening. But it could take a while to shake out, and it can be very ugly in the meantime. Mm-hmm. In fact, you might need thirty years' wars about the right amount of time. You need a couple of generations to have lived to live with that their entire lives to figure out how to deal with it. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.